Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Wednesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on SNR. You already know the drill. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, rocking the microphones with you here on the Steelers Blitz. Between the two of us, we have a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. We'll let you figure out the rest. And you know what's going on here. Over the next 120 minutes, you want to chime in. You can find us on the .com. I'm talking the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. What up, Mozi? Man, I feel like I'm back down to earth, man. Back on my old stumping grounds. Yeah, I know. It was nice yesterday. Man. Moonlighting for the Godfather for a couple hours. Yeah. We were up in the big suite. Phones working, Phones TVs. working, TV. I tell you what, yeah. though. They got the air conditioning cranking so much oh, up there. Oh, without a doubt. It's a wonder they haven't frozen Stan out yet. I yeah, mean, it's geez. crazy. Crazy. <laughs> it was fun yesterday. We're back. Uh, you know, we're back down here in the, uh, you know, just the regular person suite. Yeah. You know, we were in the, uh, what, the honeymoon of the presidential suite The presidential. Suite that, that was presidential. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the regular little, little, little double, regular double queen. Here. It's a yeah. double queen right here, man. We got a nice a standard double <laughs> queen here. We're rocking and rolling on a Wednesday. A whole bunch to get to today. Mozi, you know, we'll have a little Best of the West Wednesday in the second hour of the program. But we got some housekeeping to start with Today, we got some extensions motes. We got some injury announcements. We got a couple more guys opting out here. But I think to kind of start with a Steelers-ish angle with some of this stuff, right? Joey Bosa getting extended by the Bolts, by the Chargers of Los Angeles. Five years, $135 million, Arthur Motes, and... A big boy deal, Talk certainly. Talk about the guarantees. Talk about the guarantees. Yeah, what are the – I'm pulling this up here. My page is loading on me. What is uh, the guaranteed number? Man, hold on. Let me, I got 78 yeah. million mm-hmm. guaranteed at signing, 102 million guaranteed a record for a defensive player in the National Football League. Woo-wee! Hey, move, move aside, Miles Garrett. You had your – you had your week to shine until Joey Bosa. You know, it's kind of like uh, when Bryce Harper signed that deal, right? And then mm-hmm. a week later, Mike Trout was like, all or, right, or even, all right. Uh, who was it? Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoever, the guy who goes next always gets the Which big deal, Which is why, man. like we talked about, if you were the Dallas Cowboys, you should have signed Dak Prescott two years ago. But that's neither here nor hey, there man, that, the nah, uh, like, like I said, when it comes to making rational and logical decisions, that does not apply it does not. when it comes to this. So Arthur Motes, $135 million contract, $102 million guaranteed. So Joey Bosa could go out there week one, mm-hmm. get a career-ending injury, mm-hmm. an Alex Smith-type injury. Alex Smith is a career-ending just true. yet. That's true. <laughs> just yet. <laughs> and he would still get $102 million. That, that's, that's, a game, that's a game-changer in terms of guaranteed money. Absolutely. For a non-quarterback, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's a huge deal. But rightfully so. I mean, when you look at his impact since he's coming to the league, I mean, think about this. He's one of the only players I know that held out initially to get his contract. And then when he came in and started playing, it was like, oh, yeah, he's still underpaid. This is crazy. Like, he's that type of athlete, man. Him and his brother. I mean, yeah. you think he broke the bank. Wait till his Wait brother till is up. Comes up. Holy yeah. cow. Yep. <clears throat> but, you know, seeing him get that type of deal, it was definitely uh, warranted. 
you can make a debate that it still wasn't enough because of his impact on that defense. But ultimately, man, I'm excited for him. I think this is a great, great uh, new bar that's been set for defenders getting paid like that, especially your edge rushers. And I know another guy who has to be even more excited is your man T.J. Watt. That was the I Steelers mean, angle that dude, I mentioned. Yep. When, when you see not only Miles Garrett, because Miles Garrett is your traditional 4-3 DM, but a guy like Joey, he he does stand up sometimes. He is more of your outside linebacker type. And when you see that, you're like, dude, T.J., yeah, this this is what's next. this is waiting on you. Yeah, this is what this is what is waiting on you, buddy. Yep, have fun, enjoy. That's. I think that's about right. If my math isn't deceiving me here, that's about $27 million yes. per. Now, obviously, you know better than me, but like the things don't always shake out that even because there's the signing right, bonus right. and it, there's the never, base but salary. But we just say like when, when you talk about the per year average, that's just the easiest Correct. way. Correct. Regardless of how it's structured, regardless if it's front-loaded or back-loaded. Just to kind of break it down yeah, in conversation. For, for, for people to fully understand without having to have a contract in front of them with all the details. Right. But – yeah, I mean, for TJ, you think about this a year later plus inflation, he could be close to that thirty million dollars. So that's range, where I was man. going, right? You got Miles Garrett's uh, like just a shade over twenty five million a year. Now Joey Bosa comes in at twenty seven million a year. Mm-hmm. Another big year for TJ Watt and Motsi. Could he really approach that thirty million a year number? If he goes out and has another fourteen plus sack season, couple the more amount of turnovers, absolutely. Couple more in, a couple more With, without fumbles. a doubt, he'll be a thirty million dollar guy. Yeah, Woo! he he's a guy though. Now, so we talked about. <clears throat> I pulled my cards right now. Here's a guy. But uh <laughs> Is this the part where you slide into the screen? You know? But but the thing is this though, man, when I look at TJ's situation potentially, comparing it to Bud, where Bud got franchise tagged and we talked about how it was still a good move for Bud because he was gonna still get a big pay raise and we knew that he was going to get paid on the open market, but there still wasn't a clear cut of how much or how less it would be. With TJ, if he gets franchised, now this is a situation where he would be getting robbed drastically, you know, yeah. more than likely. Dep- <laughs> because he, he's going to be a $30 million guy a year or close right. to $30 million a year, depending on what happens this season for him. And the tag would be 17 18, 18 $19 million. Right. So that would, that's... That's a uh, that's a deal. That's, that's a discount. That, yeah, yeah, and that's where you talk about some of the differences of mindset between while Bud... For Bud, at it's fifteen and fifteen point yes. eight. For Bud, it's a nice. Payday. It's a great because he's not going to be a thirty million dollar guy. He could he could potentially be a fifteen million a year guy, mm-hmm. or, or even a probably a ten to twelve million dollar year guy certainly, is more likely. Certainly. So that fifteen was a bump for him, but for TJ, it's the exact opposite. TJ, man, he's going to be a high high twenties, thirties type of guy. So for him to take it for 16, 17, depending on if he's classified as an edge, right. I mean a DN or outside linebacker. Right. That's that's not going to be good at all. So for him, he's definitely going to be wanting to get a deal done before it comes to that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, if you're the organization, you feel like you have a lot more leverage because of the tag element of it, along with the fifth-year option. Does that – like what I just mentioned with Dak Prescott, right? The, the more you kick the can down the road, the more expensive the can ends up costing mm-hmm. you when, when you go to purchase it. Is there any of that conversation being held with TJ right now, uh, kind of in the Steelers' circles, where hey, maybe we should get this done sooner rather than later, or is it? <laughs> it's just kind of is what it is right now, man. It's a really tough time with a lot going on, a lot of new, you know, everyone's kind of playing catch up this time of year, a lot of uncertainty about the salary cap too, right? Is it maybe 
it's unfortunate for the Steelers, right, that it's just something that you have to table for now? Or do you think maybe there's still some discussion about getting him locked up sooner rather than later? See, that's the funny part, right? We make excuses in Pittsburgh about, oh, man, all these things are going on, so it's hindering negotiations. Mahomes' negotiation didn't get hindered. Joey Bosa's negotiation didn't get hindered. Hmm. I mean, it's, it, we can go down the list of guys that didn't sign mega deals, hmm. and it wasn't hindered. So I, I take that excuse now, and I just throw it out the window and just say that, hey, look, man, they're just not interested in doing business right now, hmm. and that's that. But, yeah, I definitely think – I mean, it's no different than how we said last year. It was at a time during the middle of the season where we said, man, it probably would have made sense to go ahead and get a deal done with Bud. <laughs> but they had the self-imposed – we don't negotiate during the season. Correct. But it probably could have saved them some money, realistically, you know, and been able to have him under contract along with being able to negotiate a long-term deal for TJ, whether it was this offseason or the following offseason. Hmm. But that's neither here nor there because <laughs> that, that window was already uh, closed. But now when it comes to TJ, though, I still don't know who gets the deal done first between Cam Hayward or him because yeah. Cam is coming into the last year of his deal – TJ has, what, this year, but then he has the fifth-year option. So, essentially, you have two years left with him. Correct. And then you could throw a franchise tag on one as well. So, realistically, you have three years. Whereas with Cam, that's not the same. That is not with the case Cam, with Cam. After this season, he can hit the market. And if you're trying to maximize everything for the next two, three years with Ben still in the fold, yeah, maybe that is the move with TJ then. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, but, man, you talk about it. But the Woo. good thing is this. TJ's temperament doesn't seem like it would. he would be – bothered or become publicly a, a, a public distraction or anything like sure, that sure whereas a lot of players though that don't absolute. share his sentiment would be like yo this is absolute just nonsense right here man i'm with you on that for sure even if the steelers did kind of try and what's the term i'm looking for i keep saying kick the can down the road maybe, maybe that is it maybe if they tried and do that with tj's long-term contract well, yeah, I mean, because I is, think you're right he's not going to get the you know the boo-boo face he's not going to go around and pout but at the same time I don't know Mozi. I think I you want to I think you want to reward the people who do things the right way yeah. right like because let's be honest here with a lot him, of the stuff supposed to be getting 30 and you paying him 17 on a tag a lot he has no stuff, say so oh, a man. lot of the stuff outside the white lines right made sense with them kicking the can down the road with Lev Bell Mm-hmm. Right, there was some injury history. There was some suspension history. Even though I still feel like that was more media drawn up, maybe than organization, maybe, yeah. Um, and it was also just to at a position right where mm-hmm. you and I have talked about this. We don't necessarily agree with it, but it's just it, it, it is what it is. Over the last five years in the NFL, the insane devaluing of the running back position. Very true. Very true. I don't know if you can say all that stuff about T.J. Watt. You certainly can't say that about his position. His position now, it's like quarterback, left tackle, yes. and edge rusher. Like Actually, those no, no, are no. Posi- don't disrespect left tackles. Quarterback, D, edge rusher, and, edge rusher, and, and then left tackle. tackle. Yeah, yeah no. some respect. You know You're right. Mean? So I'm with you. I, I don't see T.J. Watt pouting and, and 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 creating some you know some big fuss if he doesn't get the money. But would you fault him if he did? No, I would not. Um, see, and I also just. For me, Motsi, I want to take care of the guys that I want to take care of, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you and I, I think, both believe. I never want to speak for you. You don't want to speak for me. But I think it's safe to say that we both believe TJ Watt's the guy for this defense for a long time, right? Fair enough, you want to invest in that guy, that you want that guy around. Mm -hmm. You and I don't have any questions about TJ Watt's long-term future with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's where I'm going with all this. When you have a guy like that, I I don't—I never mind rewarding your faith in that guy, right? Like— 
I, I don't mind paying Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin when they're 21 and 22 years old when you know well, you that they're going to they're they're yeah. be here for the next dozen seasons. I don't Very I don't true. mind rewarding that. I, I I I when it comes to TJ Watt, man, you're right because there will be the whole oh, well, we could do this and it give us some more cap room here and maybe it allows us to be more of a contender. I don't know though. If I'm going to fudge with the numbers somewhere, if I'm going to even potentially maybe step on somebody's toes somewhere, you don't want it to be TJ. I don't want it to be TJ Watt. Yeah, I definitely could agree with that, man. And he's earned that right. I think you're right. He definitely has earned that right. So it's going to be interesting, though, either way. It is. Because it's a lot of money we're talking about, and this is all with the cap potentially <laughs> going down. Going down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we talked about how the cap was an issue when it was going up. <sighs> yeah, it's not good. Not good at all, man. <laughs> uh, just imagine the cap goes down. Oh, man. Oh, the Chiefs are going to be sick. Oh, the Chargers are going to be sick. Wesley Euler, this is Steelers Blitz on SNR. We're going to take our first break here. Uh, But when we come back, some uh, good news on the forefront of a first-round quarterback draft pick who's had some injury stuff going on in the last year. We've also got a few more, uh, I don't know if big names, but certainly a few more recognizable names who have decided to opt out as well too we'll finish up the housekeeping on the other side keep those tweets rolling in we will get to them as we go along as well arthur motes wesley euler inside the electric factory you're listening to steelers blitz on snr This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, some, uh, some good news for the Miami Dolphins and one Tua Tagovailoa. Ooh, say that three times. Tua Tagovailoa, Tua Tagovailoa, Tua Tagovailoa. Now say it backwards. <laughs> More like spell it backwards. <laughs> spell it forward, jeez. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa has been clear. I, I got to say, too, you know I'm a name guy. You know I'm like a oh, phonetic That's name a great football name. Let me hear it, man. It's a great name. It's a great, a great football name. Tua Tagovailoa. I uh, mean, listen. The more syllables, the better the name is for you. I got it now, man. I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of our listeners know this, but maybe some don't, right? I broke into this industry, you know, my first my first radio job, I was the voice of a, of a minor league hockey team in Ohio, right? Play by play. That's how I broke into this radio industry. So I always love the guys with the great names, the Tua Tagaviola. And you never called me about it. It's all good, man. He finds Arthur Motes in the back of the end zone. Oh, now you want to name drop me. Touchdown okay. Dukes. What? Yeah, you know, Arthur Mutz was so good. He was playing tight end for JMU, too. You threw me it, off, man. We went from hockey to the <laughs> touchdown. I was like, how the heck I do that? To a tag of Viola, hip check, Arthur you know, Mutz. Arthur with the one-timer. <sighs> we'll just combine every sports here. You know, to a hip checks Arthur Motes into the outfield. What an alley-oop. But Motes picks up the ball to go to the free throw line. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa cleared to fully participate in Dolphins practices, Brian Flores said this morning. And I quote, when we do get to practice, you'll see him out there. End quote. Arthur Motz, this is exciting. Like, I I know you and I, right, we do a lot of times, we do talk about things going on outside of the league, right? The majority of what we do is Steelers-centric. You and I are both Steelers guys. 
but we're football fans in general. We 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 love the game. We love the league. And Tua Tagovailoa is one of those guys. Like, he has ex- a great name. He has a great name. I, I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, like we've we've talked about him for three years. You know, and the whole tank for Tua was a thing for so long, and he still ends up being a top five pick in the draft despite some of the injury concerns. I'm excited to to see this kid, to see him, you know, get some real spin, and albeit in practice, uh, hopefully maybe at some point this year in a game. I'm excited that Tua's got the all good to go forward and that, you know, hopefully some of the stuff that lingered during his uh, last year or two at Alabama is now cleared up. Yeah, I'm excited as well, man. Uh, when you talk about him at the collegiate level, he was a major prospect, a guy that yeah. everybody was going crazy over, a guy that numerous people – we're hoping, you know, he would end up on their organization somehow, some way. But now that, you know, he, he's been able to come out, he's got the okay from, I mean, even before this standpoint, remember they were still, all right, is he healthy or not? He put out the video of him working out because they couldn't do the traditional medical evaluations or bringing him out for pre-draft right. visits. So all of the concern, even after him being drafted by the Dolphins was, is his hip good? Is he healthy? Is he going to be able to play? And, you know, being that the Dolphins are our are, uh, are trade brethren, you know, <laughs> they did hook us up with a Minka Fitzpatrick on an amazing deal. <clears throat> I think it's only right that, you know, we showed them a little love and make sure that their quarterback, future quarterback is good to go. So I was definitely excited to see that, you know, he has cleared from uh, all medical issues and things like that. And he's going to be good to go day one in training camp for those guys. Who's got the better chance of having <clears> – <throat> any type of success, right? And I don't really mean like tangible. I don't mean like all oh, the team goes eight and eight or nine and seven and maybe backdoors into a playoff spot. I just mean at the end of this season, who's got the better chance of we'll be sitting there saying, ah, you know what? That was a that was a good, that was a successful rookie season. He's set up well, you know, year number two, he's ready to go. Joe Burrow or Tua. Or I guess you could throw Herbert into this conversation too. Who's got the best chance of really having a a positive rookie season. Like I said, one that, you know, six, seven months from now we'll look back and we'll say, oh, yeah, that guy, you know, I'm excited to see what he does in year two. I'll probably go to it. I don't think Herbert is going to get the opportunity early on. Probably not. I think, especially in an offseason like this, Tyrod, this is going to – I mean, he's specializing in this type of stuff. Joe Bro, he's behind the eight ball because he doesn't have the veteran to look to. He doesn't have anybody to ask how to do this, and he has to do it within an organization that's going through a change still, you know, with this being the second year for uh, for Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Yep. I, I don't know why I was about to call him Zach Stacey. I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> hey, that's my thing, messing yeah. up names. Zach Taylor, though, man. So when I look at two, I say, number one, he's going to be able to learn from Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know that's going to be an awesome opportunity for him, one of the smartest guys in the game, both on and off the field. Um, he's never come off as – and like I said, I know him personally, so – for me, when I speak of these things, it's genuine in terms of with Fitzpatrick, you don't have to worry about him not wanting to teach the young guy. You don't have to worry about him teaching him the wrong things so he can try to keep right, a job or right. things like that. He's going to be very forthcoming with him in, in an open book and a, a huge resource for Tua. But at the same time, we all know with the Dolphins organization that they want Tua to be the guy. Absolutely. It's not like they in, need to. Right. It's not guy. like in L.A. where they said with Justin Herbert, yeah, we were drafting him to be the eventual franchise quarterback, but we're very confident in Tyrod right now. That's not the case. They're saying that, hey, look, man, as soon as two is ready to go, he's going to be that guy. And Fitzpatrick understands that he's already been in similar situations like this. Regardless of how talented he was, he knew that, hey, when he was in Tampa, James is going to be the guy. Like it is what it is. It's been different times at different places in his career where he's had these opportunities. So he's very familiar with the circumstances, and he understands also that for the team's best chance to win, 
it comes with Tua being ready to go, being ready to play at an extremely high level. So I think Tua has the best situation because, number one, the organization is behind him. The quarterback that's in front of him is very, very much yeah. wanting him to be successful as well. And it's still going to be low expectations for him in Miami because of the season they're coming off of. Whereas with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, he doesn't have a resource. Yeah, I mean, we don't even know if his coaching staff is good enough just yet. It's true. Outside of them having the name of, well, I knew McVay back in, in 2020, you know what I mean? Or back in 2015, I knew McVay. Outside of that, we don't even know if, if their coaching staff is capable to win at this level. And then, like I said, in, in L.A., Tyrod is still trying to be the guy. Tyrod's looking at this like, yo, this is my opportunity to become a starting quarterback again, get back to a Pro Bowl, try to lead this team to the playoffs. So it's a totally different mindset and situation for Justin Herbert as well. So that's why, for me, I'm more confident in Tua. Yeah, I think it's a good call by you. He's got the mentor there. Uh, I think we're confident in what that coaching staff has going on. I would say Burrow has the better weapons on his offense, but like you said, there's a lot of transition going on there. There's even, I mean, his left tackle – hasn't played a game in the NFL yet. A lot of his wide receivers are still young. Yeah, that's a good call by you. I think so. I think that at first, right, I think Burrow will be the first one to pop. Yes. You know, week one, week two, week three, Burrow will make a play or make a throw or something, and we'll say, oh, wow, look at that, Joe Burrow. We'll talk about Joe Burrow, you know, on a Monday or on a Tuesday. But I think at the end of the season, I'm with you. We'll be looking back and we'll be saying, yeah, man, it really made sense that everyone was talking about Tua being the number one overall pick mm -hmm. for, for 18 months. He really showed that the last eight weeks of the season. I'm with you on that one. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, this is the Steelers. Blitz, rocking and rolling on a Wednesday. We've also got uh, the final housekeeping here, Motesy. A couple more guys uh, announcing that they are opting out. We talked uh, yesterday when we were kind of simulcast on uh, on the Saverin show as well as here on SNR. Uh, we talked about Michael Pierce, the defensive tackle for the Vikings. Uh, a big loss for them. He just signed a three-year, $27 million contract and uh, was supposed to be the, the replacement for Linville Joseph. Uh, but he is opting out uh, of the $3 million base salary plus bonuses he was supposed to make this season. Marquise Goodwin, we talked about him a little bit as well yesterday too. For those of you that might have missed it, uh, he and his wife just had a baby girl in February after uh, really going through it. They tried for a long time for her to get pregnant. I think a lot of miscarriages, a lot of health concerns there. Uh, finally had their baby girl again in February, so just, what, six months or so ago. Uh, Goodwin? A new Eagle, right, was traded during the draft, but will be waiting until 2021 to don uh, the black and green out there in Philadelphia. And uh, and then this morning, late last night, I think Devin Funches, wide receiver, of course, of the Green Bay Packers, he uh, has multiple family members who have contracted the virus. He opted out for the 2020 season. He's 26 years old. Uh Really kind of the only addition that the Packers made to their receiving core. Uh, he was a guy that I think that they were, you know, kind of depending on uh, alongside of uh, Devontae Adams, obviously, in that wide receiver group. Uh, but he is going to sit out this season. And then Jason Vanderland uh, of the Saints, their tight end. He's 27 years old. Backup tight end for the Saints and a, a special teams contributor. This is uh, his, let's see here, would have been his Sixth season, pardon mm -hmm. me, in the National Football League. Uh, four with the Colts, one with the Saints. Vanderland is sitting this year out too. Arthur Motes, so like I said, it, 
not really star names yet. But these are, I mean, Devin Funches, right? Marquise Goodwin, Michael Pierce. We talked yesterday about um, about Patrick Chung and about uh, Dante Hightower. Again, not you know, not the future for sure gold right. jacket guys that are opting out here. But still very good players. But these are very good players. Players and, and, that you traditionally need to win championships right. with. Right. And and I got to think, Motsi, right, unless I'm being naive here, I mean, this isn't it. We're going to get more no. of this in the next week. Without a doubt, man. This is still just the beginning right now, I think. Um, guys are still weighing their options. Guys are still going through the pros and cons of this. I mean, those Trying are the bigger the, names that the we've testing named. testing results look like, too. Right. Those are the bigger names that you've listed off, but there's still been a good amount of bubble roster guys, um, young, whether they're year one, undrafted guys that are opting out as well that won't make the headlines. But that's what the situation of the scenario is right now because there are a lot of variables with this from a health standpoint, from a job security standpoint, from a compensation standpoint. There are a lot of different things that you have to weigh in this scenario. And we talked about it yesterday. Nobody is right or wrong in terms of the decision that they make, whether they want to sit out or if they want to play and things along that nature because it's ultimately what you are willing to risk from a personal standpoint. Is it worth it to you? Is it not worth it to you? Everybody handles the situation differently. But at the end of the day, the, the the beauty is they do have the option. They do have a choice because prior to that agreement, remember, initially it was going to be that everybody had to be there mandatory. You didn't have that luxury of opting out. You were kind of forced to take these chances. So I do like that element of it. I'm with you. I, I it's It's something that, you know, again, unprecedented right i'm the first person to use that term we haven't used that term at all over the last few months not at all who would, who would say such a thing and i think it is these guys should have time to make a decision they should be able to kind of report this week feel things out see what the testing looks like go from there if they want one thing that i wasn't i guess hadn't even really considered or haven't discussed mozi and i think you you were kind of helping me with this when we were doing some show prep today if i am correct right once you opt out and the season begins, mm-hmm. that's it. Correct. You can't come back. So you can't be, you know, Patrick Chung, and it can't be the end of November, and the Patriots are, you know, 8-5 and five and right in the middle of the playoff hunt, and Patrick Chung decides, you know what, I'm confident, I'm good, the case numbers have come down, I'm ready to play football again, right? That is not on the table. Correct. Now, the way you could get around this, you would have to not be under contract, though, similar to what's oh. going on with uh, with Lorenzo Alexander in Buffalo. So he's currently not under contract, and they wanted to re-sign him, but he initially was like, no, I'm, I'm probably just going to chill out and retire. He did say, though, that he is open to returning later in the year, depending on how their season is going. So it would have to be a scenario like that, or you're just a free – you'd have to be a free agent. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so, so you don't have the luxury of if you're under contract okay. – saying that, hey, I'm going to just sit out, but then I'll come back at the end of the year. You don't have that same type of element. Otherwise, you'd have to go into, I guess, I mean, the, (laughs) I mean, there are ways to do it, but you, but the lists are different. So you couldn't say I'm holding out because of COVID. You just have to say I'm holding out, period. But if you have an agreement with your organization where they're not going to find you, like we've seen sometimes with Seattle and how they handle Marshawn, how they handle Cam Chancellor, right? where, hey, I'm going to miss some games, but I'm going to come back and then from there we'll be fine. That's a scenario that you could mm. – I mean, there are ways around it if right. you wanted to take that approach. Right. I just don't think that that's going to happen right now just because it's – it's first off, it's too fluid. 
everybody's perception of how dangerous or not dangerous it is varies. So I don't really see people really trying to take advantage of the situation like that. Yeah. I think the ones who are really saying that, hey, we want to opt out are 100% we're out. opting out for the year. Yeah. yeah. And then for the guys who are saying they want to play, I think, if anything, those are the guys that still might be a little 50-50 because hmm. – yeah, you might want to play today, but say these results come out and it's a Miami Marlins situation, you might be changing your mind. Right. What if the testing right. results come out here in the next three, four days and there's uh-huh. teams that have 20, 30 guys? <laughs> right. That, 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 could, that could change your whole perspective on how much you want to play. But once you opt in, you opted in. You, mm-hmm. You're stuck. Now, we, I, we didn't say this, but you can change. So we, you said you can't go from opting out to opting in. Correct. But – if you become a high risk, excuse me. If your situation becomes high risk, so say, for example, your your significant other, wife, girlfriend, whatever, becomes pregnant, or say a person that you're living in close proximity with got gets diabetes or right. or cancer or whatever it may be, maybe, anything to make them high risk. Maybe one of your older relatives gets diagnosed yeah. with COVID during the season. So if that situation happens, then a player can opt out under the be under becoming high risk. Okay. But that's the that only sense. way it and works. Sh- I mean, they should yeah. be able to do that, right? But you 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 won't have the luxury of, okay, I'm not high risk, but a month from now, because things have gotten so much worse, I want to opt out. Right. It does not work that way. So the only people who have, <laughs> who are not going to report that could still report, maybe like a, a Jadavian Clowney type, yes. someone who's still a free mm-hmm. agent. So he never had to say that he's opting out. I mean, he could say he opts out, but if right. he does, he's not going to get any compensation because he's right. not on the roster. But he could legit just say, hey, you know, I'm not going to sign anything. I'll just live as a free agent right now. Right. And then November, December, all right, testing this down. Who are the contenders? All right, I'll take a quick mm. one-year deal and hop on somewhere. He, Yeah, th- those are ways – there are ways around and it, who's the, uh, the corner from the Titans that still hasn't signed? Uh, Logan – Ryan. Logan, Logan Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, him and Jadavia mm-hmm. Clown here are both really good football yeah. players who are both in the NFL 100 and both mm-hmm. haven't been uh, – I'm trying to think who else. There's two Titans. Uh, Delaney Walker is out there yep. right now as well. Yep. Um, hey, it was somebody else I'm thinking about. Yeah, but I know Delaney it, Walker's it, still, a still a free agent. It's guys that are still a free that are really good players. Logan Ryan's still a free agent. Yeah. I mean, if you're into, like, the, the, high, the, the low risk, high reward, Jordan Reed, tight end – uh, yeah, he's available as well, man. When he's been healthy, he's been good. Oh, now, granted, yeah. he's had a lot of uh, a lot of concussion yes, issues. Yes, I think seven documented. Yeah, so that could scare you off with that. Ones. Yeah, yeah, right. But you're right. He was. I mean, when he was going for the Washington football team. Yeah, there we go. He was. Uh, I mean, he was one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Certainly Absolutely. there for a few years. Yeah, a lot of big names still out there, Motsi. We'll talk uh, about the NFL 100 and the announcements that they made yesterday when we open up the second hour. But to wrap up the first hour of the program here, Motsi, top 10 list. It's mm. been a couple days since we've gotten back into this, but we still have a few more positions to get to. Today, we will rank the NFL's top 10 off-ball linebackers, non-edge rushing linebackers. That is what we will discuss on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, this is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
Oh, it's time for our list of the day. It's been a few days, Arthur Motes, because we've had, you know, we've had sports happening. We've had real tangible action to talk about. Mm-hmm. Got to enjoy that, right? But you know we got to get back to our list of the day, Arthur Motes. Top 10 position, or top 10 at every position in the NFL, I should say. So, so far what? We've done edge rushers. We've done interior defensive linemen. We've done wide receivers, and we've done running backs? Yes. Does that sound right? Did we do offensive tackles as well? No, for we some haven't reason? done tackles yet. Okay. Okay. Nope. So maybe we'll, you know, we're going defense today. Maybe we'll go back to offense tomorrow. You know, we'll just keep, we'll just keep yeah. going back and forth. Today we've got oh my favorite position in the National Football League: off-ball linebackers, Uh-oh. baby. There's nothing I enjoy talking about more, Arthur Motes. And just briefly, real quick here before we oh. get into this, uh huh. Can I just say, a fare thee well, a rest in peace mm-hmm. to one Luke. Kiki, Keekly, mm. this list is not the same without you, my guy. Oh, man, see? It's, it's not the same without Kiki. I'm still missing Patrick Willis from this list. See, see? You, you, it doesn't surprise that you're a Keekly guy. I'm a Bobby Wagner guy. I'm, I okay. like all three. I like Keekly. No, 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 no. I like no, Patrick no. Willis. Uh-uh. I it, like it, Tremaine you, Edmonds. You, you're not allowed to like both. You either oh, like Bobby like Wagner, you either Bobby Wagner <laughs> guy. Like are you a Luke Keekly guy? I'm a Pepsi and a Coke guy. Uh-uh. I like Wagner. I'm a Bobby and I like Wagner Kiki. guy, man. You got to pick a side. It's Bloods and Crips. You can't rock both now. <laughs> All right? Is that simple? Arthur Motes, let's start as we always do with the list, right? Jeremy Fowler, uh, formerly of Pittsburgh, now of uh, ESPN Sports Center, ESPN.com, everywhere. He's, He's just their, big time. He is their big time. He is the ESPN NFL senior staff writer. He talked to 50 league executives, coaches, and scouts to make these lists, again, top 10 at every position. Here's what those 50 had to say. I don't think this is a shocker to anybody, certainly not to Arthur Motes and I. Bobby Wagner, number one. Yeah, no kidding. His highest ranking was one. His lowest ranking was three. Number- Take that, Keekly. Number two, Levante David. His highest ranking was one. His lowest ranking was seven. Number three, Eric Kendricks of the Minnesota Vikings. His highest ranking was two. His lowest rating was eight. Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts, he comes in at number four, highest spot, number two, lowest spot, number seven on the rankings. Number five of the Saints, Demario Davis, he was number one on somebody's ballot. His lowest ranking was also ninth overall. Number six, Deion Jones of the Atlanta Falcons, his highest ranking was first overall, lowest ranking was tenth. Number seven on the list, Tremaine Edmonds of the Buffalo Bills, his highest ranking was three. His lowest ranking, and remember, they go 15 deep with these, was off the ballot. Yo, NFL executive, player, coach, scout, whoever, who left Tremaine Edmonds out of your top 15 off-ball linebackers. Come see me. All right, I'm located at 200 Fleet Street right now. I'll be walking outside in about an hour and 10 minutes. Come see me, you absolute buffoon. (laughs) Number eight on the list, Jamie Collins Sr. His highest ranking was number two, lowest ranking off the ballot as well. Number nine, C.J. Mosley, although he barely played last year, was still third on somebody's ballot. Lowest, he is tight when he's out yo, there Oh, you know it. Lowest ranking uh, was uh, number 12 for C.J. Mosley. And last but not least on the list here, Fred Warner of the NFC champion Super Bowl runner-up, San Francisco 49ers, highest ranking four, lowest ranking off the ballot. All right, Motsi, how we've been doing this, is we've been going three at a time, right? 
to kind of build the suspense. Yeah, what you want to do now, man? I know you you always well, got I, you something. Well, see, I give you the opportunity because a lot of times you make me go first. No, no, you're, gonna, you're going first. That's not an issue. Occasionally, here. though, you're like, hey, you know what? I want to go first yeah. on this one. But, but you're I'm, going first. Here. Good. I was hoping you were going to say that because yeah. this is real simple to me, Arthur Motes. All right? Uh-huh. Number it's Bobby Wagner and then one, everybody else. Number one's Bobby Wagner. And then you're right. And then there's a gap there. Yes. I mean, with no Patrick Willis, with no Luke Keekley, with all respect to some of these young guys, right, who I think could get there. They're not mm-hmm. there yet. Yeah, Bobby Wagner, I mean, in eight seasons, five first-team All-Pros, over a 1,000 tackles. Uh, the dude is just a monster and has been since he came into the mm-hmm. National Football League. I want to know who had him ranked third. Who had him third on their list? Yeah. I got some some of these executives. The, the, the same the same you know person that had Tremaine Edmonds off the you, list. You know what I'm assuming, Motsi? Every everything on this list that I don't like, I'm assuming it was Bill Polian who voted oh, for it. Oh wow! Yeah, you know that's my boy. Yeah, this is crazy, man. <laughs> All right, I got Bobby Wagner crazy. number one. Number two, I mean, why why beat around the bush here? Let's get right into it. I got Tremaine Edmonds number two. I mean, okay. what are we talking about? Who left this dude off their ballot? Okay. He's 22 years old. And, yes, maybe I'm projecting here a little bit. Maybe realistically he should be more like three, you, four, you, five. You, you, you're projecting. We know that. But he's 22 years old mm-hmm. and has had two outstanding seasons. He's somehow Arthur Motes, I think, the NFL's best-kept secret. I mean, there's a couple guys we could talk about in that discussion Dude, he's, what, 6'4", 6'5", 230, 240 pounds. He has the best chance of being that next Bobby Wagner type. Mm -hmm. I mean, who can thump at the line of scrimmage but is still speedy enough to move around in coverage. He will be number one on this list eventually. I've got him number two, Tremaine Edmonds, and then number three, Darius Leonard. Uh, He is, what, number four on this list, so I guess I don't have him that far off. Uh Man, just we talk about a lot of times you and I, Arthur Motes, the eyeball test, right, versus the stat sheet. Yes. That's something that we like to debate a lot, right? What's their numbers look like on a spreadsheet versus just what do your eyes tell you? Leonard pops in both of those, both of those areas. I mean, on the stat sheet, he excels in every area. In the eyeball test, he is all over the field. Another young guy just turned 24. 12 sacks, 19 tackles for loss, 6 forced fumbles, 15 pass deflections, 7 interceptions. Since individual sacks became an official statistic in 1982, uh, <laughs> Darius Leonard and uh, some guy you might have heard of him, Brian Erlacher, are the only players with 10 sacks and 5 interceptions in their first two seasons. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes checking in at number 3, Darius Leonard. So my top three, Bobby Wagner, Tremaine Edmonds, and Darius Leonard. What say you, Arthur Motes? I like it, man. So, at number one, we both agree 100%. Bobby Wagner, definitely the guy. Everybody better agree on yes, that. Yes, indeed. This is where we differ. At number two, you went with Tremaine Edmonds, but you did say you were projecting a little bit. Because if we are projecting, then without a doubt, he's a t- he'll become number two because of his trajectory. Him and Darius Leonard will be up there. I wanted to. I just yeah. wanted to get in on the Buffalo love before you had a chance I, I, to. You I see, see what, I I see did what you're doing here. I like it, man. Get ahead of the curve. Yeah, but for me, man, I went with Eric Kendricks at number two, man. Okay. Extremely productive yeah. guy. Has been a stud in Minnesota his whole career. Not, not only can he play against the run, but he's excellent in pass coverage, man. Like one of the true lockdown linebackers, all off ball linebackers, match up with tight ends, running backs, it doesn't matter. He's going to make those plays. And he's never out of position. Like I think about. He's, yes. So the thing that, that gets He's me, like the Jack Ham. Yes, yes. He, he doesn't get. All of the hype of C.A. Darius Leonard because he doesn't make the splashy like splash. We we talked about with players like Cam Hayward versus Bud Dupree, right? Bud make those plays that ooh wow that was nice, but Cam is just steady just Eddie, just dominating everybody every, every play. play. 
that's what Kendrick's is. Kendrick is yeah. the guy. He's he's not gonna be flashy, but he's the one that's making every single play super steady. You know, wherever you're playing, what time of day, it doesn't matter. He's gonna ball out. Yeah. So that's why I have him at number two. But then at number three, you know, I do like the glitz and the glamour, which is why I have Darius Leonard at three. Man, he's one of those guys, young linebackers that has a chance to be freaky in this league. Gold man. jacket guy. He's got the yeah. potential. You talk about splash plays. You talked about what he was able to do from an interceptions and sack standpoint. Like, he does it. He balls out. He can run. He can play against the run. He's fast. Like, everything he does, he checks those boxes, man. So that's why I have him at number three. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, we'll do four, five, six here. Yeah, so we agreed along. on two of the three. Yeah, two of the three. And, and I think we're close Actually, here. in the exact same spot, Same too. spots. Yeah. One and three are in the yeah. same spot. Yeah. Number four, I've got Eric Kendricks. I mean, okay. come on. You know, right? It's funny because – in a way, we both we we certainly have love for these kind of guys, but we are both flashier. You know, we we like the yeah. flash. You know, I mean, you come in here with your Cuban chain on, with yep. your diamonds hey, in we, it, we big like, boy earrings. We like the flash, baby. Yeah. But I mean, come on, I couldn't have I couldn't have him any lower than number four. I, I'm with you. He just yeah. he checks every box of of what a guy can do. He can play at the line of scrimmage. He can mm-hmm. play in coverage. He's just so technically sound. Super He's smart. Never man. out of position. He's never. You know, you'll never see a, a tight end running never. down the field past him <laughs> with a blown coverage. Super smart, super sound, and another one too. Kind of one of those, you know, better kept NFL secrets. Like Absolutely. not a lot of people talk about him, dude. When, when you He's think a good of Kendricks, player. people think of the brother, the one who yeah. with the insider trading. Yeah. They they hardly <laughs> ever talk about Eric. I'm like, yo, Eric is a animal on the field, yes. man, and, and he's been doing it for a while, right? Seven, eight and years hat, now. I mean, that Vikings, yeah. that Vikings defense for five years yes. now has been one of the better and units in the NFL. He's been the key person on that defense, man. Absolutely, I've got him at number four. At number five, I've got Levante David. Oh, I couldn't have him much lower. He's number two on the executive oh, list, man. and he had a really good season oh, last man. year. This is, yeah, this might be interesting. Yeah, I. I, I do. I, I feel like right. So I do. I do the projecting thing. Yeah. You know. I, I feel like this. Him being so high, number two on on the list, might be a little bit of like the recent history thing. Yes. But he's another one that I'm looking at some of these names. I don't know if I could have him much lower than maybe five or six. So I've got Levante David after that massive year at number five, uh, and he's just 30 years old too. So he's certainly still. I like. Has, I, I like. I was just 30 when you're talking about Levante, but you said to other people, "Oh, he's 30." Ah, man, you know that prom is over hey, now. I'm like, what, what, which one is it? Which one is it? I don't know, but I'll be 30 <laughs> in February, so I'll be 30 here in like six months. I'll let you know. Seven months here, I'll let you know. Uh, Levante David, number five. Five and then number six from my favorite team in the National Football League, Demario Davis of the New Orleans Saints. Another one getting a little bit older, but man, last year he was just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, an anchor of that defense. Like I said, somebody actually, one of these executives actually ranked him first overall. Yeah. Uh, he's five. He was crazy productive, man. Crazy productive. Crazy he's productive. five on uh, on their list. He's uh, six on my list. Couldn't have him any lower than that. Um, so I've got Eric Kendricks, four, Levante David, five, Demario Davis, six. So we just essentially switched Kendricks and Evans. Okay. Because I have Evans nice. at four. Nice. And and you hit on everything, man. One of the best kept secrets in the league, man. It's uh, incredible. A dominant he's linebacker. Years. He's got two he's years in the baby. league already, and he's, he's only 22. Baby. I'm like, man, if he played anywhere else, any major market, oh. people would be singing his praises. It wouldn't even be a debate. But because he plays in Buffalo and they're still on the upswing in terms of getting – back to the national attention and the, and the media covering them like that, he still isn't talked about just yet. But, yeah, that's that that dude, man, he, he's – wow. Whew. You talk about checking the boxes, dude. Yes. Yeah. 
and you see him in person, it's scary. You're like, bro, you you shouldn't be that big as an inside linebacker and be able to move like that. Like that's mm-hmm. not normal at Mo- all. Mozi, don't don't tell anybody I said this. All right, this is between me and you. Uh oh. But he could become my. Uh, he's well on his way to becoming my new Patrick Willis, my new oh, yeah. my new oh, yeah. non-Steeler man. See, crush. I, I was happy because he was in Buffalo, it made it easy for me. Right. I was like, right. I don't have to feel guilty about this. He's well yeah. on his way to being my next my next Patrick Willis, my non-Steeler NFL linebacker man crush for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean the the kid is legit like six oh, five, legit six so, five. So good. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, man. So I have him at four. At number five, I go with your boy, Demario Davis. Hey. And it's the thing. I'm not even a Demario Davis fan. Yeah. But I'm he had a great not, year. But he's crazy productive. I mean, I remember when he was playing in the Jets next to David Harris in that Rex Ryan defense. And even then, I was just like, all right, I mean, he's cool. He could cover. He's fast. But eh, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of bland when yeah. I drink it. You know what I mean? It, it needs a little flavor, a little like seasoning. ice cream. It's yeah. okay. But, I mean. But vanilla is good, though. Vanilla is good. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. But it's I don't even want to say. I'm not saying vanilla ice cream. He, he's more like a. A cheese pizza? <sighs> Nine. He's like black coffee. Okay. Like before you even put the okay. cream, the sugar, and the whipped cream. A little rough around the edges, but I mean, it, it works. It's sufficient. It it's gets works. the job done. It gets the job. I mean, it's not a fear. It's tried and true. It's tried and true. Some people even prefer it. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it's, it's the acquired taste. I'm just, ah, ah. But he's at five. It, it, it hurt me to put him at five. I'm like, ah, ah. ah. Yeah. All right, man. At uh, number six, I had a last-minute switch in terms of Ooh. when I say last minute, I'm talking like right now I'm switching these names out. All right. <laughs> Thinking on the fly. Initially, I had another gentleman, but he'll be at number seven, so you'll hear that in a second. But at okay. number six, I went with Levante David, man. Duke a ball. With this, I do feel like I'm thinking more a year ago. Past Maybe it's the opposite of what I'm doing with Edmonds. Yes. But yeah. I will say this, though, with Levante, I'm still extremely confident in him going forward because this situation is going to be way better this year he's than got, what it was last year. He's got some running mates around him Absolutely, on that defense. Absolutely, man. Running mates on defense, the offense should be way more efficient. So a lot less of the uh, the quick turnarounds and defense playing too many snap situations, that should be you know very much in his favor. So for me, man, I got to go with Levante at number six. I like it. So we're close so far. I mean, we're close. Let's see if we can. Split. Our top six are the exact same right. names. Just with uh, yeah. we just switched Kendricks just, and Edmonds. Correct. We and both had you had Demario at six. Correct. And I had Demario at five. Correct. Yeah, we're so, pretty similar so far. Yeah. Let's see if that continues. Number seven, I got Deion Jones of the Dirty Bird, Atlanta oh, Falcons. A lot of fun to watch. He's you fast. He's fast. He's productive. He wow. can hit. He can run. It's not. A, he's the guy that if you look at He'll the stat. He'll walk your dog and paint your back porch. <laughs> and he's one of those guys that if you look, it's where the disconnect is. If you look at the stat sheet, he's not going to jump off the page he at you. He doesn't. He definitely doesn't. But, man, you watch him play, and he is all over the place. So much so that, again, one of these executives had him ranked as the best off-ball I'm linebacker sure in the, the NFL. I'm sure the guy that had him ranked one was the guy who had Tremaine off the list and the guy who had Wagner at three. It's got to be the same Bill guy. Bill Paulian. He's trolling the list, Bill whoever Paulian. this guy is. Man. <laughs> this is nuts. I got Deion Jones at number seven. At number eight, C.J. Mosley. I mm. mean, it's hard for me to put him any lower than this. Honestly, I thought about putting him as high as like six. But he only played two games last year, right? That's and I already, the only problem. I did enough projecting with Edmonds, all right? I'll leave that there. I still, though, C.J. Mosley, I can't, I can't put him any lower than this. I can't. I got him at number eight. That's funny. At number nine, and then this is where it really got difficult for me. Like I was, I didn't know where to go here because there's a lot of the young potential guys. There's some veteran guys. Let's see, let's see. Number nine, I went Jamie Collins Sr. Oh, 
I know. The guy who seemingly plays for a different team every year. He's gone from every the Patriots year. He's to a mercenary. The he just goes for the check. <laughs> he's just, mercenary. He's, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. But he's still 30 years old. Like, he still is, you know, relatively young. Uh, wow. Somebody... So linebackers are cool at 30. I got you now. I'm catching on. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> if you're a linebacker, you could be in the 30s. That's why. Yeah, that's why Arthur Motes is coming back next year, Not baby. a chance. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm opting out. Jamie Collins, senior at number nine. Uh, and maybe this is, you know, an, another uh, kind of last year. He was really solid last year for that Lions defense that was erratic and all over the place. Um, just signed a three-year deal, I believe, with yeah, the Lions. Yeah, 27. He's... <laughs> he's had an interesting career, Jamie Collins. He's yeah. he's been really good with the Patriots. Kind of disappeared for a few I years. Say, it depends on which stint with the Patriots. Remember, he was like, it's true, about to lead him to another Super Bowl, That's and they true. traded him the day what the day after a game. Actually, the the year we beat him here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. The next day, they traded him to Cleveland for a second round pick. I think. Yeah. Right? Then Cleveland gives him an extension. He stays there for a couple years, then goes back to the Patriots. Stay. He's like a roller coaster. But right now, yeah. that roller coaster is on the up and up. I've got Jamie Collins senior at number nine, and then number ten again. Really difficult here. A lot of guys I could have gone with, but I went with Jalen Smith. Just because I think he's got the all-around game. I think he plays multiple positions in that Cowboys defense. Uh, my honorable mentions, obviously, I, I gave respect. I gave thought to Fred Warner. He was kind of the other guy I thought about, who, number 10. Who your, who, oh, oh, you haven't said your thing yet. No, Jalen Smith. Jalen Oh, yeah, okay. So okay, Deion okay. Jones, 7. C.J. Mosley, 8. Jamie then, Collins, Sr., 9. And then Jalen Smith, 10. And then my honorable mentions would be Fred Warner, would be Devin Bush, would be Devin White, would be Roquan Smith. Yeah. Leighton Vander Esch, if he can get healthy from this neck problem. Man, I'm a little surprised. I know there's a lot of guys in that next group. Like I thought, you know my, uh, you yeah. know I think very highly of Devin White. I thought about putting him at number yeah. ten. He Arthur Motes wasn't even in the top 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Now they went 17 deep here. Oh, with honorable mention, he yeah, and Devin White wasn't even in the top 17. I think that's crazy. Absolutely. Um, but that that that's my list. Uh, for, so from the top again, real quick, Bobby Wagner. Tremaine Edmonds, Darius Leonard, Eric Kendricks, Levante David. That's my top five. Demario Davis, six. Deion Jones, CJ Mosley, Jamie Collins, senior. Jalen Smith at number 10. Honorable mentions Fred Warner, Devin White, Devin Bush, Leighton Vander Esch, Roquan Smith. What say you, Arthur Motes? You got that Motesy grin All on your face. Right. Now, no, no, no. So for me, man, at number seven, this is why I go with uh, Jalen Smith. Remember, I told you I flip flopped him and Levante. With Jalen, I mean, I love his story in terms of what he was able to overcome Absolutely. to get back out there. Sometimes I think because of the story, though. Maybe. We overrate him a little we bit. We overrate him a little bit. So even with him at seven, it still is like a, I'm putting you there, but do I really believe you're the seventh best off-ball linebacker? Probably not. But my heart can't take not having you there, all right? So that's why I have him at seven. C.J. Mosley is the wild card here. So I have him at eight on my list, but I had him as high as four on my list when I initially wrote it. The problem is this. I always go back to him versus Shea. And because Shea my dog, I can't have that man rated in the top five. I just can't do it, all right? So that's why I have him at eight. It was a hater move, but oh well, okay? Oh well. He's super productive when he's out there. We know that. Even in the two games he played this year, he balled out. But still, I can't do it, all right? At number nine, man, I'm with your boy Leighton Vander Esch, man. I'm still a big fan of his, and I understand that he's coming off of a neck injury and some yeah. major concerns around that. But going off of his body of work thus far, because this season hasn't happened just yet, and as it stands right now, he is healthy, allegedly. But prior to that, man, we talked about how him and Darius Leonard, 
that could be the new Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley yeah. situation, man. Yeah. He can ball, man, and he's doing it in Dallas where you know everything is bigger. I mean, we talk about <laughs> Jalen Smith being a good linebacker. Layton is, yeah, way ahead of him. He's when, good. When, when they both healthy, yeah. Layton is the guy. Yeah. We know this, all right? So I have Layton at number nine and at number ten. This is difficult, kind of like what you said, man. Obviously, you got Fred Warner up here, Deion Jones, Jamie Collins. For me, I, the, Jamie Collins too inconsistent. Yeah, like that. I, I'm not a roller coaster guy. I know you are not. You know, and, and then I look You're at a some consistency of the, guy. Yeah, I look at some of the other guys that are available, man. Like Roquan Smith, and Devin Bush, but ultimately, man, at number ten, I went with Devin White. I'm a huge fan of his game. I thought what he did, you know, since he's coming to the league thus far. I mean, I know it's been only one year, but you saw that his type last of season. five games were it was fantastic. Crazy, yeah, crazy. But the thing that gets me is this: not only was he crazy productive throughout the whole season, the Final five, obviously, he went absolutely nuts. But he's doing this in a situation where he's constantly on the field playing way too many snaps. He wasn't – like, he didn't get the, the luxury of playing next to a guy that was going to take off and, and do everything for or him. Or be Fred Warner and play right. behind that defensive line. Right. He, he didn't have that luxury. We talked about with Levante how, you know, even with him, like – it wasn't always there. And for Devin White, I'm like, bro, he came in there and was balling from day one. Like, to me, that speaks volumes, man. Yeah. So, for me, that's why I had him at number 10. And in my honorable mentions, I kept it simple, man. You know, I got to have my 5-5 five, five guy, yeah. Devin Bush. Then I went with your boy Roquan Smith mm-hmm. because, you know, anybody that played linebacker out there in Chicago, I think you dope. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it is what it is. And then, even though, I'm not a, even though I'm not a big fan of Jamie Collins' inconsistencies. When he's on, he's uh, on. He's on, yeah. yeah. So that's where it is right now. I like man. it, Arthur Motes. I like it. So those were our list. That was, I should say, not those were. That was our list of the day. Off-ball linebackers. So we're going back to offense tomorrow. Where are yeah. we going? Well, either way, my linebackers would beat your linebackers. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Even though, like, eight of the ten were the same. It don't matter. <laughs> it don't it matter. matter. Mine are better. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. I'm, I still, though, I got love for Tremaine Edmonds, and you don't. So I'm who told you about Tremaine Edmonds. <laughs> what? <laughs> Here. I brought you into this world. I'll, I'll take you what? up. I'll take you I up. got love for Tremaine. You done. Man, I don't know. If I ain't never tell you about Tremaine, you'll be like, who's this? I see you. You Buffalo big, you big Chicago Bears. Be saying, you Buffalo don't have any Bears linebackers. Fan, Buffalo don't have linebackers. You big Chicago man. I mean, I'm the one who told you about Wendell, uh, about Wendell Small. You know what I'm saying? Get, get, yes. Oh, what you know hey. about Wendell Small with throw? Yeah, yeah. Saying, Shout out. Who was it? James on, yeah. on Twitter who was like, I'm the one who told you. Mozi's throwing around your stats on other radio stations. I'm the one who told you that he's he's been the Eagles leader rushing since like 2016. When Mozi makes it big, I'll be like his Tony Real. You know what I mean? <laughs> when Mozi is Michael Wilbon, I'll be the Tony Reale off in the corner, the stat guy with you know the good saying? hair, baby. It's I, all I'm, right. just, I'm just telling you what it is. <laughs> all right. I'll keep riding those coattails. I'll keep riding those coattails. Oh, man. An that's hour funny. in the books. Another hour to go. Keep those tweets rolling in. On the other side, we'll discuss a little NFL 100. Some good, some bad, some we agree with, some has got us peeved. We'll get into all of that on hour number two. Don't go anywhere. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm thirsty. Well, that's good. I'm hungry. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, rocking and rolling inside the Electric Factory Hour number two, the final week in July as we inch closer and closer to football. 
You know, Arthur Motes, one of those things that normally lets me know that football is right around the corner is the NFL Top 100 list. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like, you know, I love baseball opening day, and I love the Masters in golf, but not necessarily for what they are, more for what they signify, mm, right? Okay. Like opening day in baseball is great. You what know, does it signify? Because normally you're like, oh, man, it's springtime. Uh-huh. You know, good weather's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the NBA and the NHL champions mm-hmm. crowned here. You know, we're going to get the NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs coming down the line here soon. The Masters, kind of same thing, right? It signifies springs around the corner, school's mm. almost out, summer vacation, all this stuff, right? The NFL 100, when that starts to roll out, signifies to me like, all right, training camp, football, here we go. The fall is coming. And Arthur Motes, of course, now so uh, with no off-season workouts, with training camp being a, a little bit different of a process, NFL Network's top 100 players list has uh, garnished maybe even more attention, garnered, I should say, yeah. even more attention this year than it has in the past. We are through 100, uh, what, through 11, I should say. Yes. We know we know all the rankings except for the top 10, so Arthur Motes. Oh, oh, just rehashing something, a debate that we talked about well, now, a week ago. Well, now, hold on, ago. we'll get to what? that. No, Let's no, start no, with the Steelers no. I first. Just, I just wanted to just think about something real quick mm-hmm. before we get going on the Steelers because they know the Steelers mm-hmm. are going to take this conversation up. We're going to make sure they get their flowers while they can smell them. Mm-hmm. But I just need to make a note, just a, just a nice little note for everybody out here. Mm-hmm. Last week we had a debate. Oh, we did. We've been Julio, a lot of debates. Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Who's the one receiver right now in the, in the NFL? We mm-hmm. talked about this, and, and you were very, very strong on your stance, and I got all that right. I was, as were you. You were passionate in your Michael but, Thomas. But defense. what I noticed was when this top 100 list come out, when mm-hmm. it, when it came out, yeah, Julio is ranked at number 11. At number 11, because he is number 11. You know, they just yeah, wanted yeah, to. Uh-huh. But Michael Thomas. He still hasn't been ranked. They say that he's going to be in the top ten. You know what, Arthur Motes? I can do the math on that. All right, huh. if if they if they haven't put Michael Thomas out there yet, uh-huh. and the top ten are still to go, uh-huh. that means he's in it. Oh, okay. But you know so, what? So does that mean that he's grinning. so that means he's ahead of Julio? It does. Then, correct. It does. But you know what? There's one thing you're forgetting. What am I forgetting here? Because this list is extremely accurate. It is. It's gospel. But there's another wide receiver that hasn't been named yet either, and that's fine. So while you're thumping your chest over there, uh-huh. if you do recall, uh huh. Who did I have second on my wide receiver list? A bum. DeAndre Hopkins. A bum. A bum, really? A bum. Ooh. You ain't so have been we'll number one. The, the thing is this, you ain't have been number one, I know, so it doesn't but matter. He could, I had him ahead of Michael Thomas, so I could still nah, be correct. Nah, but you're not going to be correct because your number one so guy was Julio, and my number one guy is ahead of your number one guy. Right. That's all that matters. Right. But my number two guy is still on the board. And nah, you, but now you're moving the goalpost. But you the had argument was no, no, no. Free, the right? argument was your guy versus my guy. I still think Julio right. versus Michael but, Thomas. But what I'm saying That's is, all that I didn't have Michael Thomas second. That's I all that Michael matters. Thomas third. That's all that matters. Oh, what matters you to you? Julio, because you're about to get dunked yeah, on with your Hopkins. Yeah. With your Hopkins Julio, picks. Julio versus Michael Thomas. Hey, I'm just gonna remember. I'm just gonna remember all year that Arthur yeah. Motes on what's today's date, July 29th, hey, 2020. We got a podcast. Just go pull it up at approximately 1:13 p.m. Uh-huh. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, Arthur Motes called DeAndre Hopkins a bum. Don't forget that. Just remember that's on that's hey, on the hey, record. But make that's sure you remember this too. Record. On the record, make sure you remember this too. That Julio Arthur Jones called DeAndre is behind Hopkins Michael Thomas. A bum. Julio is behind Michael Thomas. That's all that matters. He is. He might be behind DeAndre Hopkins, though, just like That's I told you. That's all that matters, you. man. Just as long, like as, I long as, he, as long as he's in front of Julio, I'm good. Yeah. As long as DeAndre Hopkins is in front of Michael Thomas, I'm good. Because nah. I'm correct. 
Are the Muds two Pittsburgh Steelers checked in on the list yesterday? We already know about Cam Hayward. He was 86? Yes. 84. 84, 84. 84, yeah, I think. 84. Yeah. Uh, Cam Hayward, 84. And then we knew two more Pittsburgh Steelers were on the list, so we knew somebody was getting snubbed. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly on the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, and so those two Steelers checked in yesterday. Minka Fitzpatrick, 35th overall. TJ Watt, 25th overall. Arthur Motes, I want your thoughts on that. And also, now that we see uh, Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro officially not on the list. Yeah, um, Minka at 35, I still think that that was too low. A little low. I, I think the thing yeah. they said with him, though, is at the end of the season, productivity wasn't as crazy. But we also know when you watch the film that teams shot away from him. They went and go at him like they did earlier on in the season. So I think that definitely played a role in it. Um, but overall, at 35, for it to be his first year making his appearance, typically – you have to already be on the list and then have another crazy year to make the drastic jump. Right. What we saw with TJ, he went from, I think it was what, in the 90s last year? Like not, 92, yeah, 92, 93. 93 yeah. That sounds right, yeah. To jump it up to 25th. So I think it has to be a scenario like that where Mika can make a bigger jump next year. But mm. overall, man, he's a top 50 player without a doubt. That's yeah, oh easy. Yeah. So him being at 35, I would probably have him. Thirty, but that might be my Pittsburgh I w- bias. I was thinking, I was thinking top thirty. So yeah. I think, I think that's fair. You know, if you if you look here real quick at the guys who were around him, you know, in the Joey rankings. Joey Bosa, we just talked about the deal that he just signed. He's yep. up there. Shaq Barrett, who led the league in sacks, is at thirty-two. Yep, he's Saquon one spot. At yeah, one spot behind Joey Bosa. Aaron Jones at thirty-three. He's Shaq in front Barrett of Nick Chubb. Yep. In front of Jalen Ramsey. In front, in front of, of Jalen Gil- Ramsey. Uh, yeah, I know. In front of Tyron that? Matthew as well. How about that? So, yeah, I think, you know, again, we could argue few spots higher. I think if you look at – and, you know, right, this is the Arthur Motes. If you're going to argue for somebody, who are you taking out, right? Mike, oh, for me, uh, Richard Sherman. Mike Evans at 30. <laughs> yeah, Quentin Nelson at 29. Richard Sherman at 28. I think yeah. that's a little too high. Jamal Adams at 27. Vaughn hey. Miller at 26. Without a doubt, Vaughn Miller at 26. That's a little yeah. too yeah. high. I would say that, that's the easy part. Yeah. <laughs> who yeah. want to take it out? <laughs> TJ Watt. <laughs> Which one do you want to take out? Right. TJ Watt was 93 last year, by yeah. the way. Um. Um, and he's then in twenty fifth, he's in the twenty fifth. So in front of T.J. Watt, Ezekiel Elliott twenty four, Cam Jordan twenty three, yo boy, yo boy, Tyree Kill twenty two, Dalvin Cook twenty one. I don't know how I feel about Dalvin Cook. Ah, uh, that's the one. That's the one. Up until that point, I mean, hey, you could argue those guys, yes, certainly. But there's that's. I think that's fair, right? That's that's fair. Da- da- Dalvin, Deshaun Watson at twenty, Khalil Mack Dalvin at nineteen. Water. How is Khalil Mack ahead of T.J. Watt? That, that's the issue right now. If we're talking lifetime well, no, achievement but this, award, this but that's thing. not what this is. And this is the thing I have, I have the biggest issue with. If Von Miller would have been top 20 as well, then I could say, okay, they're going off of career, legacy, right. who they are. Right. Von was voted, he was what, in the 30s? No, no, or high 20s, I want to say it is. This year? Yeah, in this year, yeah. Where's he was Von? 22. 22. Yeah. I'm like... Khalil Mack at night. Nah, I don't see that. Not at all, man. No. He was third last year, Khalil Mack was. And that's just that you're right. They just don't want to drop him. But that's what they do. Like That's the list. Carson Wentz went from third to 98th. Yeah, that's that's the the list. list. It's a year-to-year list. Like This is not lifetime achievement. This is not projecting. This is what you were last year. Exactly. Yeah, T.J. Watt should be much higher than Khalil Mack and Von Miller. Again, based off of last year, we're not talking lifetime achievement. Last year, it was no question T.J. Watt was – top three in terms of the edge rushers mm-hmm. in the NFL. And I got beef with this, Arthur Motes. I got beef with Chandler Jones at 15. Ooh. 
He should be higher. He wasn't even ranked last year. Like, what are we Ooh. what are we talking now, about uh, here? This thought, when you say higher, what do you mean? He's 15 right now, okay? Yes. So you say higher, he should be like top 10. Oh, just, yeah, 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 yeah. That, okay. right. okay. Yeah, when you say higher, right, I'm like, higher, whoa, whoa, what, what you mean? Yeah. So lower. Yes, right, he should be lower. Yes, yes. Okay. Like, dude. Tom Brady's at 14. Yes. Who was the better football right. player last year? Chandler Absolutely. Jones or Tom Brady? Not even close. You're right. Like, okay, Bobby Wagner at 13. Fine. Drew Brees was at 12. Who was the better football player last year? I agree. <laughs> Julio at 11, I still think that's a little too low. I, I think, I mean, I think that's too high. I think he should be top 10 personally. Okay. Okay. But see, for me, I would have him in there. I'd have DeAndre Hopkins at 11. That's my issue. Ooh. I would. And maybe Derrick Henry would probably fringe top 10. Yeah, so we know. Here's the 10 players that we know, not in order, right? Alphabetical order. Here's the guys that will make up the top 10. Aaron Donald, uh, obviously. He'll be top three. Stephon Gilmore. He'll uh, be top five. Obviously. Derrick Henry, I don't know. He needs to be at number 10 if he's top 10. Yeah, I think think he'll be 10. DeAndre Hopkins, who we mentioned. uh, Lamar Jackson. George Kittle. Patrick Mahomes. Hey, spoiler alert. I bet you he might. Well, Lamar could be number one, too. It's going to be Mahomes. Christian McCaffrey. Michael Thomas, who we mentioned. And then Russell Wilson. I bet you Russell Wilson's top five. Of those 10, who so do you, you think, think is the Russell top five? I think, they, I think Russell's going to be at like seven. Watch. Aaron Donald in the top five. Stephon like Gilmore in the top five. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. That would be four. Who are we forgetting? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Did you say him? No, he's on the list. Yeah. Well, you think For he's the top high, five. You, well, do you think he's higher than Russell Wilson? I bet you it's right. the the quarterback thing. You know. Dude, Tom Brady's at 14. Drew Brees is at 12. <laughs> we know for a fact Mahomes, Donald, Lamar, who am I forget? Mahomes, mm-hmm. Lamar, yep, Donald, Stephon Gilmore, Gilmore. Yeah, those, those definitely are top four. I think those four are definitely going to be in the top five. Yeah, it's going to come out of McCaffrey versus uh, well, you versus know what? Russell Wilson, or, or what if or, it's Kittle, or they, or they might go Michael Thomas. They might go Michael Thomas. I'm honestly, serious. What, yeah, they the only play. one that would surprise me is Derrick Henry at five. That would surprise yes. me. But other than that, yeah, none of those I, guys I can would see them making a case for Hopkins. I can see them making mm-hmm. a case for Michael Thomas. I could definitely see them making a case for Kittle, McCaffrey, certainly McCaffrey, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Russell Wilson, certainly. Yeah. It'll be interesting, Mochi. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I, ain't, I, got, a, I got an issue with uh, Zadarius Smith, man, where he's ranked in at. The dude had 14 and a half sacks. Yeah, and where's he at? In the 40s? Dog. Right? Yeah. Had him at, uh, let me pull it up real quick. I was, uh, yeah, he's 48. 48. I say, what? God, dog, get out of here. 14, 14 and a half of them things. Are you there? Yeah. I'm not about that. I'm not about that life. Jimmy G at 43 kind of bothered me, too. Tredavious White. They Listen, Tredavious at 47. They say, while another corner won defensive player of the year, none were more <laughs> dominant than White. He didn't allow a touchdown in coverage despite 83 targets. And also but you got tied, him in the 40s. Talking about also tied for the NFL leading interception. He's an all-pro. And you have him at 47? While Richard, while Richard Sherman's at 22? Come on, man. Get out of here. how is Jimmy G at 40? How is Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of Dak Prescott, ahead of Kirk Cousins? Nonsense. How? That's that's that. Hey, he went to the Super Bowl. Keep him up here. How's he ahead of, and you know, I'm not the biggest Dak guy in the world. How's he ahead of Dak? It's not happening, bro. How's he ahead of Kirk Cousins? Tell me how that makes sense. Yeah, I don't I agree think he's that a, Is he ahead of Matt Ryan, too? I think he is. Kirk Cousins, 58. Tell me. Tell, <laughs> tell me how Jimmy G's 16 spots better than Kirk Cousins. In certain parts of this list, I just scratch my head on. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that too. But I do think I would have had, had TJ in the top 20. I would have yes. had Minka in the top 30. But I think they're in the proper ballpark. They're in the range. They're yes. in the proper ballpark. Yeah. They're like Cam Hayward in the 80s. Give me a break. I just love how they praise these guys and be like, oh, but you're in the 70s. <laughs> 
And that's where there's the weird, like, you know, like, Minka gets dinged because, all right, we need to see him do it again. Yeah. But then Von Miller and Khalil Mack get the credit of, oh, well, they're so great. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But then there's someone more. like Chandler Jones, who look what he's done the last four years, look at, and he you, just got ranked for the first you time. You look at Chandler's number since he's been in the NFL, man. One of the most productive players when it comes to rushing the passer. His sack numbers are just foolish. And like you said, this is first year. First year being ranked. Unreal. Mm-hmm. How? Mm-hmm. Look at this. Since 2016, Jones has 60 sacks, which leads the NFL. Since 16, 60 sacks, bro. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And he wasn't even on the list last year, yeah. and he's 15th this year. He's coming. He had, to, get, he had to have a career-high 19 sacks Give <laughs> to me a even break. get up here. Give me a break. A bunch of bull crap. We got yeah. a bunch of tweets rolling in about this, Motsi. At Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. In about 15 minutes, we will get to your tweets, so keep them coming. But before we do that, Arthur Motes, our favorite thing to do on a Wednesday. Debate? Little best of the – well, that's our favorite thing to do every day, right? Oh, okay. Favorite thing to do on a Wednesday, little power rankings, little best of the West Wednesday, Arthur Motes. Simple one for you today. Oh. Top five desserts. <sighs> Ooh, we shall discuss on the other side. You know, the uh, chocolate chip cookies versus brownies have been making the waves this week. Mm. Everyone's been debating. You like chocolate chip cookies or you like brownies? Oh, we'll talk desserts, bigger picture on the other side. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to Steelers Blitz. On SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Best of the West on a Wednesday here. You know the drill. We just power rank things. I mean, you know, it's not that it's not that serious. It's not that complicated. And we always start at one. And we always start at one. <laughs> just get it out the way. During football season, right, <laughs> these are our we'll – we do top ten. It's like a power rankings, right? Mm-hmm. But during the off season, we have some fun with it. We switch it up. Sometimes it's a pop culture reference. Sometimes it's about movies. It's about video games. It's about vacations. It's about bucket lists, whatever. Food is certainly one of the things that we often discuss Arthur Motes. And, you know, we did top five fried foods last week. Foods fried, right, Man, last week. That was week. awesome, by the way. It was. That was a great conversation. This week, I figured we'd stick with the food theme and a debate that's been raging all over social media. Ooh, this week, I should say, was what's better? You know, fresh out of the oven brownies, fresh out of the oven chocolate chip cookies. There was, you know, like a debate rolling on on Monday and Tuesday about this on social media. So why not expand it, Arthur Motes? Why not go a step further? Top five desserts. And you know what? I'm going to start the back this time for the suspense. Oh, okay. How about that? Number five on my top five desserts list is chocolate chip cookies. Mm, It's classic, right? You can't go wrong. Can never go wrong with chocolate chip cookies. Fresh out of the oven. You get the delicious cookie dough. You can peel them apart. Maybe you have a glass of milk with them. Maybe you put some vanilla ice cream on it, right? Chocolate chip cookies, just a staple, just fantastic. They're number five for me. Arthur Motes, number four, cheesecake. Oh, yeah, me and wifey, big cheesecake fans. And I'm not talking like 
Cheesecake Factory cheese, cheesecake, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't need all the fancy syrups and the toppings and the fruits and well, the you chocolates. You can yourself if you don't have all that. I'm just throwing it out there, but that's cool. I'm talking classic New York cheesecake, right, with just a graham cracker crust and the cheesecake. Don't hold yourself back, man. That's what I need, baby. That's number four on my list. Number three, red velvet cake. Oh, I love me some red velvet. I'm not a huge cake guy. Okay. Right? Not a huge cake guy. Red velvet cake always has a special place in my heart. That was me and my wife's wedding cake. Was it really? Absolutely. I love red velvet. Like, ice cream cake and red velvet cake are the only cakes that I ever really find myself wanting. Oh, good red velvet. I guess, you know what? I should throw burnt almond tort from, uh, you know, from Pittsburgh's finest bakery, Prantles, in there as well, too. But number three, red velvet cake, baby. Come on. Number two. Oh. Brownies. You know, Moats, last week, I think it was, right? Or maybe it was Monday. We talked about. I was about um, to ask, what type of brownies? Like, are you, are you oh, like. Would you the, take it? Because you got like the chocolate, you got the. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's like the. Uh, I forgot the other kind. But you know what I'm talking about? Like the uh, the Betty Crocker brand right. versus that. Like, right. Yeah, uh, did you Ghirardelli. Have, like, yes, yeah, yeah. So, like, do you have like a, a specific. Ghirardelli brand? brownies. So, yeah. for us, we, we are Betty Crocker. Like, okay. Yeah, between my wife, she makes them. My oldest, she makes them. Nice. Yeah, bro, we love them. Yeah, my mom always Super made. Super creamy. Like, oh, so, oh, always man, made Ghirardelli them. brownies growing up. And like yeah. we talked about last week, I think it was, right? You talked about your mom's pork chops. I talked yeah. about my mom's chicken parm. Uh-huh. Like brownies are like the dessert equivalent. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. just fresh brownies out of the oven with the scoop of vanilla ice Can't cream. Can't go wrong with it ever. Can't go wrong with it. It's number two for me. And then number one, just quite simply, is ice cream. Mmm. You know, Arthur Motes, I talked about this with French fries, right? I said, I ain't got no type. It doesn't yeah, matter. I'll take it anyway. Said, just ice cream. Just ice cream. Just give it to me. I don't care if it's soft serve. I don't care if it's hard serve. I don't care if it's got sprinkles and jimmies on it. I don't care if it's a milkshake, whatever. Just give me ice cream. Personally, I like the chocolate peanut butter flavors. Okay. All right. You know, personally, I'm a chocolate peanut butter kind of guy, but ice cream anyway, I like even, man, I love strawberry ice cream. Whoa. I, I love like pecan ice cream. Pecan and, ice cream hits. And yeah. uh, and like pistachio ice cream. You know, weird thing for me, I I love fruit, right? Strawberries, mm-hmm. raspberries, blueberries, bananas. It doesn't matter. Not I a fan it. of the ice cream though? I don't like it in my ice cream. Huh. It's like the weirdest. Even my yogurt, I'm real finicky. Like it has to be either like blueberry or strawberry. Interesting. It's certain one. I'm just like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's a texture thing or what, man, but I just don't. Yeah. Uh. There was a really good bagel place by where Morgan and I lived in Philly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously they do raisin bagels and they do blueberry bagels. Right, right. But they did a strawberry bagel too, Mozi. Mm. That I kid you not, this strawberry bagel with yeah. just a little cream cheese on it was, it was good like that. Oh, it was amazing. Okay. It was amazing. But there it is. My top five desserts. Number one, ice cream. Number two, brownies. Number three, red velvet cake. Number four, cheesecake. And number five, chocolate chip cookies. Arthur Motes. What say you? I like it, man. So uh, in the fashion of suspense and all those other good things, at number five, I got to start with my red velvet cake. I told you the sentimental value that's associated with red velvet cake, man, wifey, man. That was our wedding cake. Which was phenomenal, by I the way. It. I you love know, it. Here, here we are nine years later. I <laughs> <laughs> love you, boom. But yeah, man, the red velvet cake is perfect, man, with a nice buttercream uh, icing on top of it. Man, you can never go wrong with it, man. It's just perfect. It's perfection. Then at number four, man, I had to go with the brownies as well, man. But for me, like I said, the Betty Crocker ones, man, they just hit. 
the creamy. Oh, oh the chocolate. Oh, you oh. just eat it. Nom, 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 you nom, know what? Nom, now nom. what you got me wanting to do is I want to go home. I want to stop on my way home and get a Ghirardelli box and uh-huh. get a Betty Crocker box uh-huh. and do a little taste test. You got to, you man. Know, like, wifey and I have been doing that with like ribs and stuff because yeah. I got all these different seasonings and rubs now. So we'll uh-huh. do like, all right, we'll do these ribs and this rub and we'll do these ones and you this know, rub and see so what we I like know more. That's the hardest thing for me to do right now when I'm cooking because I have so many seasons I want to try. I'm like, God, which one, right, which one am I picking for this? Like, like, oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> so, yeah, so at number four, I have brownies. At number three, I'm a chocolate chip cookie guy. But hey. I have, but but I put a slash because not only do I love the chocolate chip cookies, I also love the M&M chocolate chip cookies, too. Oh, great call. Like, those two are my absolute favorites. Like, great I really call. cannot choose. So, literally, to give you context, in the NFL, when you go to your road games, or even at home games, you have to stay at the hotel. They always have a big dessert bar. So you they'll grab some have, cookies, take they'll them back have to your cookies. room. So I'd always get three cookies. Two chocolate chip, but one's going to be M&M cookie if they have the M&M chocolate chip out there. And, yeah, it's I, I just can't help myself, man. They're perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, for me, it's chocolate uh, chip good slash call. M&M cookies. a great cookies. call by you. Yep. And number two. I'm not even a big ice cream guy, but when I do eat ice cream, I want vanilla slash chocolate. I like to mix them. And I also need chocolate syrup on top. Ooh. Sometimes I do vanilla ice cream with chocolate ice cream, chocolate fudge, and caramel fudge on it together with some nuts on it. I love it. I love it. Really or or if I'm in McDonald's, I just get a McFlurry. Oh, but then I, their ice cream sundae is undefeated as well. Uh, wifey and I went to Dairy Queen last night. Oreo Blizzard from Dairy oh, yeah. Queen. Oh, yeah. It's marvelous. See, oh. there I get the Reese's, though. See? It's oh, funny. I'm a Reese's I'm a, I alternate. Yeah. So, like, a month ago, we went to Dairy Queen, and I got a Reese's Blizzard. Yes. So, this time, I got an Oreo it's one. Some, I think Those it's are something my... about, like, the peanut butter. This... So good. Oh, man. So yeah. good. You about to make me go to Dairy Queen today, man. Ooh. You, you know what's, to you know what's great, too? Um, so, you know this. I have a sister. She'll be 17 here shortly. Uh-huh. Um, she's entering her junior year of high school. Yeah. She got a job at Dairy Queen six months ago it was like her Family first you know like first discount? not even necessarily that like she does you know she gives us like right, the 10 percent right, right. or 15 percent. but dude she just like she hooks it up so like you know what i mean so she works the, that's better like, than a discount like she is one of the you know and obviously they're now with the covid stuff like they're right. just drive through right mm-hmm. so they have like the person who works the drive through yes. window and then they have like two or three people who are making all the stuff right, right. My sister works as one who makes all the stuff, but she has cameras, right, so of the drive-through line. Before, yeah. So when she hears my voice or my wife's voice, she knows, and uh, she yeah. looks up and sees our cars, and so she gives me like double Oreo oh, and like a bigger man. size. That's clean. You know, like That's so we clean. both ordered like like I ordered a small Blizzard with Oreo. Wifey yeah. ordered a small one with with Reese's. And she gave it's us, perfect, like, mediums, man. like, loaded up. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. I love it. I love so we it. Got, I got the DQ hookup if you're willing to drive well, well, the cranberry. Well, well, first, I want to say shout-out to your drive through DQ. My DQ overall, I'm at it isn't a drive. You got to oh, park no. and walk up there. Yeah, oh, man. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anytime I go to it, I'm like, man, I might as well have went to Page's Dairy Mart for this, man. I got to stand in line. This is crazy. Love some Dairy Queen, <laughs> baby. But, yeah, so that's number two on my list. At number one, man. Drum roll. This anybody that knows me, this is a no-brainer. It's cheesecake, and for you, I know you said the basic New York style cheesecake. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's my go-to. But I'm a big fan of the specialty style cheesecakes as well. Like you, a bougie cheesecake. I mean, guy, you huh? go to Cheesecake Factory, you get the Snickers cheesecake, you get a Reese's cheesecake. Like I'm into all of that. Yeah, without a doubt. So for me, I just put cheesecake Cheese- in cheesecake. general. No it don't matter if right? it, it can be, it can be raspberry cheesecake. You can have, oh, we put fruit on the side. We don't have fruit on the side, or we do this or that. Yeah. Any Anytime <laughs> I'm at dinner and we're asking for dessert, it, you can have, oh, we got this. I'm like, what's the cheesecake looking like? 
Huh? Where's the cheesecake? Because I, I feel so elegant when I eat cheesecake too. I feel like anybody can have ice cream. Only, only, only the uppities eat it's cheesecake, true. though. It's true. I feel like I eat my cheesecake, oh. and I'm like, yo, let me get a white wine and you pair with my only cheesecake. The <laughs> I'm telling you, man. And then, so, so, like I said, I feel like the uppity, so I feel real, real privileged when I eat my cheesecake. But then I also take it back to, uh, to my urban roots, man, and making the band when Diddy had sent the group to go get cheesecake, man. Had the boys walk, man. I said, oh yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Funny, so, man. so for me, I'm like, you know, what? I'm a cheesecake guy. Yeah, I like that cheesecake connoisseur. That's what I call myself. I man. like that. Arthur if it's a cheesecake, I'll try it. So we got a pretty similar top five. We just actually some different do, man. Order around. Yeah. Oh, we got some good tweets about this. We will get to them on the other side. A lot of Reese's tweets. We we shall discuss certainly. See, and I was gonna ask like, is candy considered? Because I didn't, like candy, I didn't, I didn't think I didn't candy put bar. candy I on thought the, true yeah. desserts. That's what I did too. Like yeah. your pastries, your ice cream. That's why I left candy out. Because you know me, if it was up to me, candy mm-hmm. would be one, yeah. two, three, four, five, and honorable mention. <laughs> Yeah. So we'll get to the tweets on the other side. Last chance to get them in. Speak now or hold your peace for the next 22 hours. At Wesley Euler at The Body 52. The Body. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping up the show as we always do with your tweets on the dot com. And let's hit it, Arthur Motes. We got some good participation today. Uh, me on Twitter says, Gents, during COVID, I sent my hockey team a snack versus cake versus candy bar dessert bracket. Mm. Ooh, the clear cut winner. Reese's peanut butter cups. I mean, that's Reese's. If we're talking candy, they're undisputed. Reese's is fire. Yeah, top of the list, undisputed. Like I said, you can eat Reese's by itself. You can eat Reese's in a cookie. You can eat Reese's in ice cream. It's not too much Reese's don't go with. No, the four pack, the two pack. It's the best. I don't like the the dark chocolate Reese's, the white chocolate. I don't like the two pack because then it gets awkward. And wifey's like, "Is that for us?" And I'm really like, "No." But I gotta be a gentleman, so here, take the other one. At least with the four pack, it's like, oh yeah, I got, I got an extra one to spare. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a bit of a. Uh, I don't. Are you familiar with the the East Coast West Coast Civil War? Oh. Not with hip hop. I was about to say you talking big and too No, not with hip hop. I'm talking with the pronunciation of our favorite peanut butter cups. What? Yeah. What? Let me hear this nonsense. All right, so I never knew that this was a thing, right? Because obviously, you know, I'm from the great state of Pennsylvania. Let me hear this nonsense. I'm from the great state of Pennsylvania, right? Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. I'm from the great state of Pennsylvania. And, uh... You know, I Hershey, right? Pennsylvania, Hershey owning the, the Reese's like Cups, the chocolate, type of way. chocolate world, right? Uh-huh. When I got to college, Arthur Motes, you know, I got out of my Western Pennsylvania bubble. Okay. Right? Not by much, but Not I got Not by you. much. You know, I just went 90, I just went 90 <laughs> minutes south, but I got out of my little Western Pennsylvania bubble, and I found out that people from the West Coast, 
They call them Reese's peanut butter cups, not Reese's. And this Reese's, is like Reese's. this is like a big this is like a big civil war, right? Because the guy's name that invented them and then sold you know sold it to Hershey is where Reese was. H. B. Reese was his name. Yeah. And so, so Reese's versus a Reese. Right. And so, you know, like I, I've got friends, like, like, like your wife, I had a couple friends in college that were from the Bay, a couple friends mm. that were from Southern California. And they were like, what? You call your friends Reese? No, his name's Reese. So yeah. it's Reese's peanut butter cups, not Reese's. He's like, you East Coasters, oh. you don't know what you're talking about. The guy's name is Reese. Reese's peanut butter cups. Well, they could take their Reese's and jump <laughs> off the Golden Gate Bridge as far as I'm concerned. All right. It's a Reese. And, and that's it. I'm with you. Yeah, like, what Mozi are we talking about it. here? Mozi said like, it. What? That's law. Reese's. Reese's. Next, you can be telling me it's, it's a tomato. A potato? Come on, man. Get out of here. TC. The West Coast people are so extra. They are so extra. They're so extra. Just so extra. TC, I'll let you take this one, I don't Mozi. even like nobody from the West Coast now that I think about it. <laughs> I wish I would see a West Coast person. Uh, I hope somebody's not <laughs> listening right now. <laughs> TC says, I don't get the Stephon Gilmore love. Uh, in a game with a bye on the line, he got eight up versus Miami. Nelson had better numbers when thrown at. I'm not saying he isn't very good, but defensive player of the year in top ten, please. I think it's because of the Patriots. I can understand the lack of love or the lack of respect for Gilmore. Um, we talk about Nelson and what he was able to do last year. Big difference between the two is this. Nelson predominantly plays on one side. He sees some twos. He might even see some threes depending on the situation the, uh, the, the, from the uh, offense's formation. He doesn't travel. I mean, we got Joe Hayden on the other end. Gilmore is shadowing your number one receiver. He goes to the restroom. Gilmore's waiting outside the door. Your guy, wherever he goes, Gilmore is there. And – Let's be real. The only game that anybody has pointed to is that Dolphins game. Hey, it, we, we always talk about this all the time, man. Gunfighters get shot. Corners, you, get, you, hey, corners get burnt. Let's be real about it. You When you playing one-on-one, man-to-man the whole game, that will occasionally happen. But let's be real. If we're talking over a 16-game body of work, you look at how many times he was beaten, how many times he gave up points versus how many points he's actually scored as a DV. All the numbers there for you, man. He had more pick sixes than he, had, he had touchdowns touchdown. scored on. So as much as we want to talk about what yeah. what, uh, what De- uh, Devontae Parker did uh, in Miami against him, or as much as we talk about all oh, the week sixteen, they're playing for a bye, and that's another thing too. People hype it up because of oh, it was a bye on the line. Let's be real. Gilmore wasn't the only one that played bad. If we really want to go down that list, we can go down that list. But it, for argument purposes, people conveniently like to use. Oh, it gets the biggest game of the year. Yeah, it was because not the too, biggest game of the year. Let's be honest, too, right? Like, we all wanted T.J. Watt to win Defensive yeah. Player of the Year. That plays into this, too. It definitely does. But that, that's my thing. I'm like, dude, he, he he's a beast. Yeah. Like, you look at what he does man-to-man versus your number one corner. I mean, your number one receiver. And we look at the receivers that he played against last year. He, it ain't like he had some cupcakes out there. No, no, no. He, he had dogs he was matching mm-hmm. up against. And he dominated, flat out dominated them, man. So for me, that's why I don't have an issue with him getting the accolades he got. Obviously, it's a former teammate of mine, but to see the growth that he's had, because he was nowhere near that level in Buffalo. I mean, he was a really good corner, but not to this vein right here, man. This is like out of this world. But that's the only difference when we talk about a guy like a Steven Nelson, we try to compare him because, let's be real, Joe Hayden, I mean, is the number one corner, right? Joe Hayden is going to draw the matchup initially. 
And then from there, okay, something could happen where Steven Nelson is lined up against him. But Steven Nelson isn't shadowing your number one receiver all over the field. That's not what we do. I mean, Joe Hayden isn't even doing that realistically. So that's the only difference when we're talking about their numbers versus what he did in his numbers. David chimes in with a hilarious Photoshop here. He's I got saw that. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Mozi is the Undertaker crazy. with Wes's lists and the angry Undertaker behind. That, that's about perfectly summed <laughs> For up. For that list, <laughs> tonight you get to take on the Undertaker. <laughs> Steelers 480, uh, two-part two question here. How does Todd Gurley on the list, let alone at number 51? And then he wants to know, what are our favorite all-time sports moments? I don't know. I don't know how Todd Gurley's on the list, let alone at 51. Uh yeah, I don't know. If, if it's anything, he that we thought Khalil Mack and Von Miller was bad. This is way worse. Way worse. I mean, Again, for all that, you, you might as well put Levy. I would rather put Levy on the list over Todd Gurley if he was going to do that. Like Alvin Kamara was only like six spots ahead of Todd Gurley. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, look at the production crazy. of Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley last season. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. That, he's still getting some love from his fellow teammates who remember how good he was yeah. two, three years ago. And, and your favorite moment would Arthur have been Motes. what? Well, y'all got beat. Favorite all-time sports moments. Mine came this past August when the Mountaineers beat JMU mm. at Mountaineer Field. No, I'm, you know I'm how just, I say it's normal, man. I'm People always kidding. get up. I'm just it happens. kidding. All-time favorite sports moments. Wow, um, it would be tough for me to pick one. It'd be really tough. So I'll go team by team. Mm. How about that? Okay, quickly. Uh, and I'm not going to think about this, right? I'm going to have to do it off the top of my head. Steelers, my favorite steel, and I'm going to do it in my lifetime, right? Okay, fair because enough. like my favorite all-time sports moment is the United States beating the Russians in 1980 at the Olympics. But that the miracle oh, on ice. But that happened say, 11 what? years before I was born. I was say how, how does that work? Yeah, that happened. So, <laughs> I was like, what? in my minute. lifetime, since 1991, all-time favorite sports moments for each team. Here we go: Steelers, San Antonio Holmes in the back of the end zone in the Super Bowl. Okay. How we doing? Uh, Penguins. I don't know if it's a moment, but I'll say the entire 2016 Stanley Cup run. Okay. Because they won in 09, right? And it felt like they arrived kind of early. Yeah. And then they had those disappointing season after disappointing season. It felt like it was never going to happen again. Mm -hmm. So 16 was just incredible because it felt, you know, in 2013 and 14 and 15, it felt like, man, Crosby and Malkin are just never going to do this again. And then in 16, they did. And they they steamrolled pretty much everybody in, in their path. So, uh... Penguins, it was the 16 run. Pirates. <laughs> they made it to the wild card in uh, 2014. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, them making the wild card. That's what it was. Every time I got to watch Andrew McCutcheon play baseball, that was my favorite Pirates moment. Uh, Manchester United, whoo. Uh, probably won in the Champions League in 2009, beating Chelsea in the penalty shootout. That was insane. And the WVU Mountaineers. Oh, mm. I could talk about this for a long time. Uh, for basketball, it was in it was beating the Kentucky team, the Final Four, the win against the John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Patrick Patterson, Eric Bledsoe, the Kentucky Wildcats that had five first round draft picks. WVU waxed that backside. Hey, did y'all win that championship that year? We did not. No. Who'd y'all lose to? Duke. Oh. That would be all time worst sports moment. <laughs> Deshaun Butler blowing out his knee against Duke. Uh, or, oh man, 2012 Orange Bowl. I was there in Miami. That was tough. That was to, crazy. Whooping up on Clemson, that 70 to crazy. 33. 
that would be a tough one. But my favorite, my all-time favorite WVU sports moment is uh, Bill Stewart and company beating, waxing Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl yes. two weeks after Rich Rod left. Yeah. Two weeks after it felt like the program was dead, right? It's a month after 13-9. It's Rich Rod leaves for Michigan. It felt like the program was dead in the water. And then we go out there and beat Oklahoma by 21 points. Uh, so there we go. There's my all-time favorite sports moments. What say you, Mutsi? I like it, man. I- I'll just keep my list extremely short. I'm just going to go with I know what it probably is. my most favorite. Wait, can I guess? Go over here. Game 7. Uh-huh. Golden State. Uh-huh. The Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving win the, win the chip in the bank. I mean, that's that's top 5, but that's not okay, it though. Okay, so I'm wrong. So what No, is no, it? but that that definitely I mean, the block moment was insane. Ooh. With the black with the jerseys with the sleeves on it was nuts. But for me, man, it's LeBron's first championship, man, in Miami. Obviously, he was coming off of the year where the Mavericks had upset him in the uh, championship. And, yeah, there was a lot surrounding those guys. If they could do it, if they could beat the young stud, Oklahoma City Thunder and things like that. I mean, it was a lot of questions surrounding them. But somehow, some way, man, they went out there. And after a very disappointing opening game, too, mind you, then they went out there and just, yeah, went absolutely one, nuts, man. They won four because they yeah, lost the first yeah, one and, and they, they won, won four straight, straight right? Yeah. So, for me, that was it, man, because, yeah. Bron Bron's it was first Bron's title. first one, man. It was nothing like saying. I mean, because for a while, man, people were trying to say, oh, he can't win the big one. You know, he got beat in Cleveland. I'm like, bro, he took me, you, uh, Crowley, and Dale to, to the finals <laughs> in Cleveland that first time, man. All right. <laughs> and I was like, obviously, that Mavericks game, I was like, it wasn't the best series for him, without a doubt. Yeah. But when he had that opportunity versus OKC, I was oh. like, oh, man, it just touched my heart. Yeah. Because those were the young guys. Remember, that's the team that had KD, Russ, Harden, mm-hmm. um, Abaka Adams, like they had just mm-hmm. a list. Kendrick, of, was Kendrick Perkins, Kendrick Perkins on that up team? there too? Yeah, yeah. No, just like a, a list. You're like, whoa. We'll look back at that team like we look back at the early '90s yeah. Orlando Magic and say, how did Absolutely. they never win a championship? Absolutely, man. Loaded. Yeah, but well, seeing LeBron get that first one, man, it was huge because then from there it started to become an ongoing bet between me, my uncle, and my uh, grandmother. <laughs> Whoever LeBron is playing in the championship, they're rooting against, so that's who their team is. And okay. if LeBron wins, you got to like buy it. my shirt that says like the, the official like championship right there, T-shirt. Yeah. So literally, I went on a little run while I was, yep, my T-shirt, my T-shirt. Ooh, I like Give it. me that hat. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Last one here, Arthur Motes from Gregory out in California, and this makes sense. You know, he the California angle. I like my West Coast people. He says, uh, half an hour ago, he said, good morning, gentlemen. All right, Gregory, we'll get <laughs> into 10 o'clock in California. All I right. like it. I like it. All right, you big jerk. Top uh, of the morning. He wants to know, can we talk about this? And he sends the picture of Joe Kelly mocking Ooh. the Astros yeah. last night. That was pretty funny. Two thoughts. Okay. <laughs> First is that one, it was hilarious. Yeah. I love to see that in baseball because you never you see never that in see baseball. That. It just stands up like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> and I'm glad somebody's given it to the Astros. I thought it was hilarious. Uh-huh. But the second part is Joe Kelly was on that Red Sox team that was accused exactly. of cheating too. Exactly. So maybe Glasshouse is yeah. throwing stones there a little bit. But it doesn't I did matter. Think, man. I did think it was hilarious. Yeah, hey, screw hey, for the me, man. <laughs> like, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying, man, in terms of the Glasshouse situation. But. It's, it's current times right now, and currently we're it's not talking about goes. them. We're talking about the Astros. It was perfect. That's right. I was more impressed with the uh, <laughs> the social distance brawl, bench-clearing brawl that took place yeah. where everybody the is like – Bench-clearing brawl with masks on. <laughs> bench-clearing brawl. No no punches thrown. We're going to get our mask on. We're going to come over here, but we're going we're gonna to socially distance in the middle of this. Seeing that, man, it just took the whole steam away from it. I'm like, ah, oh, you had me. You had me. Now this, now this is nonsense. It's over. <laughs> I feel like I was watching like a a, a Key and Peele skit, man, the way that whole thing played out, man. 
Arthur Motes, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks to everybody who tweeted in, chimed in. You know, we appreciate it. Tomorrow on the program, Brian Backhill, the Post-Gazette, joins uh, us. It's three-question uh, Thursday, damn. and the hijinks <laughs> continue. So you already know the drill. We'll talk to you tomorrow at high noon, and you know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steeler Nation Radio.